Hi, I'm Georgia and I'm a storyteller. This podcast features short sectional stories about romance, fantasy and the paranormal. I also share tips for those seeking to design their own book trailers, book blurbs and author bios. Stay tuned for more. Beyond the Wall by Georgia Leishman. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about the inspiration behind this short story. I'm going to deliver it in three separate sections. Basically, it's a tale of a fight for freedom. Petronella is a protagonist and she's a fiery red-haired adolescent with a need to explore. However, according to tales from old, spun by the storytellers in the square, the kingdom floats in the air and people are forbidden to look over the top of this mammoth wall. All they need physically is contained within the kingdom, but on a spiritual level, it isn't enough for Petronella and her sweetheart, Aldwyn. So Hermitage Castle in Scotland has walls that soar into the sky. And at first sight, it truly is formidable. It's the inspiration behind the kingdom in Beyond the Wall. And it's this huge bleak fortress deep in the wilderness of the borders. And as you approach, it feels oppressive. You can feel this energy, this dark energy, probably remnants from the wars with the border reavers over the years. And it's got an interesting tale which I'll share, but also it's haunted too. In terms of history, Mary Queen of Scots famously rode to meet Lord Bothwell, her lover, at Hermitage Castle. Given the forbidden landscape, the secret mission by horseback must have taken hours over the hills. And during her journey, she fell off her horse and landed in a bog. Her watch fell off and it couldn't be found at the time, only for a French watch to be unearthed on her route in 1817. It may have been hers, it may not. But was her journey a risk worth taking? Well, Lord Bothwell was very badly wounded. He'd been in a war with the Border Reavers, but he survived his injuries and the two later married. However, Mary's visit to Hermitage would later be used by her enemies to discredit her and as evidence that she was plotting to take the throne from her cousin, Elizabeth I. She was beheaded in a messy affair where the executioner took several blows to sever her head. It's a really grim thought, isn't it? One time we went to visit Hermitage Castle. We've been a few times. It's got that lure about it. And we were the only people there on this occasion. And I was taking photographs of the landscape and the castle and all the various elements of the, the site itself. And in a series of six photographs, I captured in quick succession, a black cloaked figure can be seen standing by the side of the castle. And if you go to my website, you can see this figure stood at the side of the castle. And it features in just one photograph only, none of the others. And we didn't see anyone there and goosebumps appeared all over my arms as I reviewed the photograph. We just couldn't work out who it could be. It's clear, it's clear, a very clear image. The only thing we can't see properly are the features of the face because a strand of grass just slightly covers the features. So we headed off to the ticket booth and we shared the image with a ticket seller on the way out and he shook his head. Nope, there's no one else on the site at the moment. You are the second couple here today and they left much earlier. And I think he was quite spooked when he looked at the photograph. 
and he asked us to wait around for 10 minutes as he headed out to see if anyone else had entered the site. So he came back, shook his head, locked up and left just after us. So ghosts and history aside, here's the first part of Beyond the Wall and I hope you enjoy it. Beyond the Wall by George Leishman, part one. Standing in a faraway kingdom, Petronella scowled at the roughly hewn forbidding wall that surrounded the kingdom and castle within. A wall that contained her life thus far and her memories. The fact gnawed away at her in the way a dog gnaws a bone. In this case, the marrow of her quashed soul eaten away through oppression. Myth favours facts. Petronella griped as she kicked a large stone out of the way. We can't climb it. We can't look over the top. We cannot escape the boredom of this place, raising her voice as two glaring heavy guards stomped past. I wager it's merry when you have to go to the guard robe together, always in twos. The guards ignored her quips. I dare say the wind whistles up your ramparts. She laughed and dismissed them defiantly with a futile wave. She giggled at her own wit and noticed the mist around the square had lifted a little. A vague, hazy red sun added light to the grey stone cobbles underfoot, from charcoal to pewter in a matter of moments. Soon the wall would steal the remaining rays as it sunk lower in the sky. A threatening night fog would endlessly spew over the walls into the kingdom, and the basilisk would be let loose to reign for ten full strikes of the clock in the square. I wonder... Now, I wonder if I could look down the garderobe and see what's outside. Petronella mused for a moment, her clogs clacking loudly on the cobbles. Anyway, I'm used to handling shit. I'm a popular choice for the cleaner of those horrible dugouts. If I have to look down there, it's not too much of a deal. And it's all because I want to know more than I'm allowed to know. Petronella headed past the varied market stalls, selling fruit vegetables, baskets, fish and eggs. The day fell quiet as traders packed up their wares to head home. She intended to meet with Letitia, who owned the orange and lemon stall at the far end of the square. Cadging an orange, she perched herself on a stool beside her old friend. Do you think this kingdom really floats? Letitia smiled crookedly, her last tooth protruding from her lip like a nail sticking out of a clog. She knew this question burned into Petronella's heart, like the brand they use on the squealing piglets. Let it be, Petronella. You have a good life here, in spite of the cleaning work, and this is your last season. As soon as you finish your learning, you'll have to get a job or marry someone. Old one, probably. If you're stuck for something useful to do, you can help me out if you want. You know my hump is too sore to pick fruit nowadays. Petronella winced at the thought of marriage, but Alwyn would be the only person she would marry. A tall, handsome boy, a keen fiddler with a shock of black curls, and who happened to be her best friend. She placed her hand in her cloak pocket to pay Letitia for the lemons her mother wanted and found the smooth stone heart Alwyn had carved for her sitting on top of the coins. He was the only thing worth living for here. Pushing thoughts of him aside, she smiled at the older woman, pained by the prominent hump on her back. 
Letitia's lined face looked so many moons old, over a million at least, she thought. Petronella did what she could to help during the picking season, but an old woman shouldn't have to work this hard. Letitia waved away the coins Petronella tried to give her. You know I would work for free, Petronella said, sucking an orange segment and not letting any juice escape. She'd paid the full price for the lemons after all, in spite of Letitia's grumblings. All workers had to pay juices to fund the king and queen's lifestyle, and the poor old woman earned a pittance. I know, but I wouldn't let you work any more hours for nothing, her friend stated firmly with a smile. The tooth gleamed wickedly, even in the fading of the light. She stood up and stretched, grimacing as she did so. Time to go. Help me pack up and partake in some hot lemon tea. I'll share something I've told no one else before. Petronella's eyes widened at the conspiratorial tone of Letitia's revelation and she needed no prompting. Soon they sat by the open fire in Letitia's wooden hut, sipping hot, honey-sweetened lemon tea. Letitia lived beside her field of orange and lemon trees and a zesty fragrance filled the sitting room. Old orange trees, caught by the lightning, such a lovely smell when they burn, whispered Letitia, whose dark eyes seemed distant tonight. Letitia gazed into the fire as the flames created ominous shadows on the wall. She sat back against the dark oak of the lambing chair and readied herself. Petronella didn't want to rush the old woman. Only a few minutes of chat, curfew when the clock strikes seven, as you know. Petronella groaned as if she needed any reminder of her confinement. Letitia sucked on her tooth before talking. I don't know of anyone who's been killed by that monster's breath or gaze. My elders said the kingdom didn't know where to land, or even if it could land. All sorts of problems could arise. We could tip up onto one side and everything would be destroyed. The people in the kingdom doubted they would land with just a bump. I looked over once, you know, but no one caught me. The basilisk had just been released and the guards were busy buttoning up their protective cloaks and putting on visors just to be able to live through the night. Petronella could hardly contain her surprise. Wide-eyed, she sat forward and quickly checked she hadn't spilled any tea. Did you see what was outside? Did you see the basilisk, for that matter? Letitia resumed bitterly. I saw nothing, really. Just clouds. Everyone became so fearful of crashing into mountains or landing in the deepest of seas. Myths, just myths, designed to weave fear into our daily lives and to feel grateful for life itself. The royal family have the gall to tell us that attachment to material things destroys our souls. Yet they drink, eat and hold extravagant parties for a select few. A long time ago, hangings were frequent for anyone caught trying to leave for the slightest possibility of a better life. Letitia spit her revulsion into the fire. When the hissing subsided, she fell silent, thinking about her boy hanging from the gallows. Her poor boy. The way he struggled and looked at her blindly as he gasped his last breath. He didn't want me to be there, she thought just to see him there, hanging, writhing and vomiting. A single tear fell onto her cheek, rolling invisibly down the deep groove in her wrinkled skin. Today was the anniversary of his death, and grief clung to her heart like a blood-sucking leech would to skin. Petronella sensed her sadness, but wasn't sure why. 
She looked at Letitia wistfully. I've only heard about the scene the stories as tellers share in the square. Letitia nodded. The stories are designed to stop you from rebelling, aren't they? And I doubt there's any more danger in the realms outside this place than within. I confess, once I overheard one of the guards telling a young guard there has never been an external land attack because the kingdom is tethered to the ground and no one else knows this. Tethered to the ground, what? Several heartbeats passed before Petronella could even breathe again. Evidence from a source, a guard who knew what lay beyond. That would arouse Aldwin's curiosity. On the way home, the dark wall loomed oppressively. So many people accepted their lives here. The hangings had halted, and the fearsome basilisk kept order at night. Petronella once heard its raspy, noxious breathing through the slits in the shutters and heard its rough tongue licking the wood. She slept with her head under the blanket ever since that night. She despised royalty and the fact the king and queen forbade anyone to look over the large wall around the kingdom. To Petronella, that meant there was something to see. End of part one.